Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now this king spake and said unto Daniel, and Daniel, the king did come visit him, see, uh, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Darius believed he would, he hoped he would, and, uh, and a stone, now, but notice now, verse 17, a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with his signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Uh, you ha- here you have uh, uh, a figure, an illustration, or at least words that cause you to, to think of the tomb of Jesus. Jesus was in the tomb, and the tomb was sealed, see, by the Roman, Roman seal, and he couldn't break that. Stone was rolled against the, the, the tomb, see, the door, and that seal. Alright, now then here, Daniel is placed in the lion's den, and a stone over the mouth of it, and it's sealed. Daniel is in the place of death. For all, uh, all purpose, why, they don't expect to see Daniel anymore. Those old boys that got ready to put him in there, they figured that Daniel, they, they, them lions are, uh, are hungry. And, and they'll take care of Daniel right away. And the king hasn't had any hope. <laughs> but, but he expressed, he, yeah. Alright. Yeah, he, 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 he thought so. Now, uh, Daniel, already now, this is the third time, third great trial Daniel's had. The first trial in chapter 1, he was tried or tempted according to the flesh. You remember when the king set before him wine, but he preferred water. Uh, and they set before him meat that had been offered to these idol gods. Rather than eat that meat from the idol that had been used in the worship of idols, he preferred vegetables. See? Alright, that was according to flesh. It was according to his appetite. In chapter 2, Daniel was tried according to his mind. Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, had dreamed a dream. They called the wise men in. Knowledgeable people, see? But they couldn't do it. And then they called Daniel. But Daniel too, he was wise enough to go to God for his answer, see? There wasn't a man on earth that could interpret that dream, relate the dream to him and then interpret it. But Daniel was tried, tested there. And he went to the other three boys and they prayed. And God that night revealed the dream to Daniel and the interpretation of it. That was the second test. Great test came before Daniel. 
And now we have another test. And this time it's a spiritual, a test of his soul. It's a test of his worship, you see. They had accused him uh, of praying to his God. Well, he admitted that. See? And now because of his prayer life and because of his relationship to God, and he had, because people became jealous of him, and they accused him on uh, on the grounds of his relation to God. So he was tested this third time, you see, with a spiritual, a soul. His soul was tested and tried. Alright? In verse uh, 18, now notice. And the king went to his palace. Oh, what a nice bed he had to sleep on. And passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Boy, you have all sorts of comfortable beds. But if that conscience is, is bothering him, he can't sleep, see? And that's what's the matter with old Darius. See, Darius couldn't sleep with the comforts of a palace. Whereas Daniel just slept right through the presence of the lion. They didn't bother him. They didn't disturb him. And notice verse 19, the king rose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. See, that's customary greeting. Uh, my God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths, and they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocent was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. In other words, he says, I haven't bothered you. I haven't disobeyed you. I haven't violated any statute other than praying to my God. See? And so he says, Then said Dan, uh, uh, then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. See, Daniel didn't ask to come out of the den. Same way with the three Hebrew children. You know, they walked in that den because there was a fourth person with them. And the only way they could get them out of that fire furnace was to call them out. They had to get them out. They didn't run out through the door. They stayed in there. Same way with Daniel. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. And no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. But they never did hit the bottom, hit the floor. 
That are like pitching a bird or a biscuit at a hound dog and he catches it and it, it don't hit the dog. That's what happened to these that would have Daniel to be eaten, consumed by the, lion, by the lions. They in turn received that sentence. Same way with Haman, you know, a little later. Haman wants to get rid of all these Jews. He can't stand them. And uh, uh, he builds a gallus for Mordecai. But Haman was the guy that hanged from the gallus that he built. And it was the same way with the uh, in the third chapter with reference to the three uh, Hebrew boys. Alright, then verse 25 Then King Darius wrote unto all people nations and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree. You see these decrees, boy, these, these kings, they like to make them decree. See, they put forth statements. That in every dominion of my kingdom, see, that's every dominion, every division, every uh, every uh, province uh, of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. See, I make a decree. That decree was that that all men tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? You see now, in the book of Daniel, one of the great drawbacks by liberal scholars is that they run into too many miracles. See, there are four great uh, periods in history when God uh, manifested uh, miraculous powers through uh, individuals. The first was in the period of Moses, you know, when he was in Egypt. And uh, the second was uh, in the in the days of Elijah and Elisha, when Ahab, the wicked king, had and Jezebel, his wife, had. So brought idolatry all over the land and they challenged God. They were making and defying God, you see. Uh, just like Belshazzar had done, uh, in, in this, uh, in the fifth chapter. Well, the, then, uh, the, the third period is this period, the period of Daniel. And then the fourth period was in the days of uh, of the ministry of the Lord on the earth. So there's just four different times that you read, you don't read of uh, a uh, a display of miraculous power except in these three period, uh, these four periods of time. Uh, not that God was able uh, to do it or didn't do it, but uh, in history it always was connected with the challenge to the deity of Christ and of God. In other words, is Jehovah God or is the gods of Egypt God? See? Uh, and on 
Mount Carmel, it was Baal or Jehovah. In Babylon, it's Bel, B-E-L. Bel, the prince, the chief prince, Babylonian god. And, uh, and so in the days of the Lord Jesus, it was the fact that people doubted his deity. They said he wasn't God. They said he's a man. Or who, well, we know his father and mother. His brothers didn't believe on him until after the, the resurrection. And, uh, so, uh, uh, they, he was, uh, uh, he had many foes by beginning with his family, his foes and his friends, uh, and he had, uh, and in order to display and to reveal and to make known the fact that he was the uh, word that was in the beginning with God, that he was God, uh, then uh, it pleased God to uh, give the miraculous powers uh, to the preachers, to the seventy, to the twelve, in a special way, see, to verify the fact, to prove that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. John wrote his gospel and says, These signs, I've written these signs, uh, in order that you might know. And he called them signs, not miracles. He referred to them as signs. Why? Because they were sign of the fact that Christ was God, that he was the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. Then the last verse of uh, chapter 6 says, so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Darius, according to history, only reigned two years, where Cyrus the Persian uh, reigned nine years. But now, verse 28 again uh, shows us that, uh, that, that there are two that the, the Medes and the Persians are one empire, one kingdom. Now, if, if we remember that, uh, it, it'll help us in, uh, in the succeeding chapters. Now, when Daniel was in the den, uh, and God, what did God do? We said what, we noticed what he didn't do and what he could have done what he did do. Now, God delivered him. Uh, but he delivered him from danger. Out of the danger. He didn't keep him away out of the presence of danger, see. But he kept him, delivered him in the presence of danger. Danger all about him. He made friends that night with all them lions in that den. See, they didn't hurt him. The Lord shut their mouths. The Lord exercised power over He was right there. The same lines, and just moments later, after Daniel came out, these that wanted Daniel uh, to be devoured by lions were themselves devoured by these same lions. That shows you there was still the danger. It was there. And it overcame these others. 
but to Daniel he was delivered. Now that's important to understand clearly what happened when you understand the tribulation. See? And about the deliverance of God's people. And the verse that you uh, referred to in Jeremiah 23, 6 and also Jeremiah 33, 14, 15, 16. Those passages speak of the time when when the Christ, when Christ shall, uh, shall reign and when His kingdom will have been set up on this earth. When that stone strikes, smites, comes out of the mountain. Well, we... It's just a... <coughs> Talking about, you know, that gold and silver and brass and iron and clay. Does that, does that also show that in this, you know, about the indication or imply that, uh, as this goes along, that the thing will grow weaker and worse and, uh, is that yes. in that too? Mm-hmm. Yes, that, uh, see that, that's shown. Weaker, weaker nation by everything's Probably be more corruptible, or is that idea there? Well, it shows the weakness. The weak, the element of weakness is the main thing. That it's a deterioration. And uh, uh, so, uh, huh? Well, uh, yes, the the authority of uh, of the rulers. Yeah, and well, when uh, see uh, when you get into the kingdom of Greece, uh, Alexander. Of course, he was a dictator, but he had his advisors, don't you see? Uh, and Rome, they had a senate, you see. They had men who counseled Caesar. And just like a president, just like a democracy. See, a democracy is not as strong as a dictatorship. See, when you've got more people, uh, when, when more people uh, have to give consent uh, to a thing before the president can do anything, but the president, hand-tied, the president might need to do something immediately. Well, if he's a dictator, he can do it, see? And then tell him to do that later, what to do later, you see? Sometimes why our presidents have tried to do something of that nature, you see. When, in reality, it might be the best for the country. See, well, in the next war, why, uh, the, if there's a, uh, if there's a, uh, one of these uh, atom wars and and so on missiles. Well, it may be too late to, to call a conference because uh, you're going to need somebody that can issue a command to intercept the missiles. See, and and that's what this country is afraid of. That's the reason why they give the president's emergence of powers, and that's the reason they have several try to be with him all the time to advise him, and he's got the hand on that. On that box to press that signal. See, a state of emergency, a war, immediately. I wonder if that thought there on the far reaching, just like we studied it tonight, and you mentioned that. Just like, you know, in our, our nation now, it seems like we're having a hard time to execute anything. Right? Yeah, well, that's it. Makes the law powerful, just weak well, and. and the, that's that's uh, the purpose of the enemy, is working within our own government. And they'll stall in order to delay, postpone, reconsider, amend, all of these things. Most of them are for the purpose of playing into the hands 
uh, of some sinister power, see. And, uh, I mean, they use that because they use our government, the way that our normal uh, procedure that's been set up by the Constitution, why they take advantage of, his, of its weakness, see. Well, are we living in a day of that, of defeat now? That uh, yes, oh yes. See, the, 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 uh, the lead kingdom has already gone, disappeared. So, I mean, it came to an end in 476 A.D. Uh, that's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. That's when Rome fell in, just like Belshazzar, like the Babylonian government uh, fell tonight, as we studied. You see, now, Belshazzar, now you notice, see, now that's that first king of that head, uh, uh, the history of the head terminated tonight in our study. And a new kingdom, the silver, the arms, arms represented the Medes and the Persians, you see, uh, two and one. Alright, we're, we're now in that kingdom. And we'll be in that kingdom until the Grecian kingdom. Uh, until Ele when Alexander in 332 comes to this same place, same city, Babylon, and conquers, uh, uh the Persians. You, you're saying that people that said if you're gonna let that be literal, uh, uh, then that would do away with some of the all-millennial thinking, like that when this stone comes oh, and yeah. does away with all that. You're going to let that be literal? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, well, what it is, the stone was a literal. It was actually a stone that's molded. But now, that uh, stone stood for and represented the kingdom of, of Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be his kingdom. Now, you see, the uh, post-millennialist today uh, teaches, uh, and of course they had a field day in the early uh, in the early 20s through the 30s. Oh, you couldn't... Uh, uh, well, everything in this country uh, among the different theologians, they were uh, post-millennialists. They believed that the king, they could see this the preaching the gospel extending and being preached everywhere to all nations, see. And uh, they, by preaching it, they were rolling that stone. That, that stone was getting like a snowball. It was getting bigger and bigger and bigger until finally the whole world is going to become evangelized, Christianized. They preach the gospel to them. They believe it. They be, become a child of God. See? And that's that's what they mean by preaching the gospel. Of course, liberals then came along and took the same idea of the post-millennialist. The post-millennialist says that it's God that's causing the stone, the, the stone to become a great mountain. You see, the post-millennialist gave God the credit and that it was uh, through their, they, they believed God was blessing their efforts and God was saving the people and the kingdom was being built. Well, then comes along the liberal. And they preach the kingdom too. They use the same term. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and advancing the kingdom. They, there's terms that the post use. The liberal used it the same thing. But the post, uh, the liberal was saying that now then we're going to do this through human activity, through grants, endowments, 
through nations getting together in brother love and and uh, and of themselves, see, being charitable and helping one another, and the kingdom would grow and grow, see. And there was no there was no uh, new birth taught. They didn't believe that was necessary, and they deny it even. They make fun of it, you see. Well, uh, then that took over in the schools, and that's uh, and that's the uh, ecumenical council church position today, see. And uh, they won't advance the kingdom. They want the kingdom of Christ to come. But uh, but when they say the kingdom of Christ to come, they mean goodwill. Like this old boy. This old boy was uh, promising, uh, Jim Jones was promising his, uh, the people's, uh, the members to his uh, following. He promised them a paradise on earth. They thought they was going to have heaven down there. That's the reason they didn't want to leave. He was going to have everything they wanted was going to be there. But uh, at the present time, they had to work from uh, from 10 to 15 hours a day. So some of them are now telling. So the facts will come out of it. But now, uh, old Schweitzer, Albert Schweitzer, he, he was a man that uh, did more and put forth, I mean by deed, uh, he didn't believe in the supernatural, but he believed in uh, that that if men would get behind him and help him, that he would take his knowledge of medicine and and help the poor in in the foreign countries, and he give his life to to that uh, that philosophy. And they just say that if we could just get more people to do it, well, we're sending the Peace Corps, the Peace Corps objective, you know of teaching and training the others, the illiterate and so on. We're trying to tell them to be, how to be self-supporting. And so on. Well, that's advancing the kingdom to the liberals. Anything that's creating goodwill and uh, among nations, instead of doing it, what's happening though? You, uh, you help one, you turn another against you. And, and uh, our enemy a few years ago, our greatest enemy then, why, it's our strongest ally today, Japan. But in the history, you're talking about where we are, uh, you see since then, this, uh, one of the, one of the great problems, uh, in studying the prophecies, some, especially comes from the dispensationalists, they, they teach that there'll be a revived Roman Empire, see. Well, now that's not necessary to believe, to, to teach that. Uh, this image, the, the stone strikes in the toes. See? In the feet. And you're going to find that, that that represents, the Bible says that they represent kingdoms. Kings and kingdoms. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.